from the Willamette Valley in America's great Pacific Northwest. You are listening to the Ernest Mann Show, and I'm your host, Ernest Mann. No matter where you may be listening in this great, big, beautiful world, we all share. And speaking of things that are shared, we often share eating. And that's what this episode is all about. Number 147, insight on restaurant eating. Something you may have never thought of. When I had Thanksgiving dinner, I wanted to uh, I wanted to make some very keen notes to myself about um, the food and the service because um, I thought you guys should know. And supposedly, because I believe just about all of them are franchises, it doesn't matter. So as long as I'm not uh, talking about a particular um, branch, a particular franchise, I can call out the name. And I wanted to share this with you because I thought um, it could be helpful because, well, that's what I do. So anyway, went to a uh, Black Bear restaurant and depending on where you live, you may have them, you may not. We have several in this area and that's where I went. And that's where I spent my Thanksgiving dinner. And uh, it wasn't great. Um, in case you don't know, Black Bear is, it's kind of sort of like, uh, well, it's a critter all its own in, in that field, I guess. It's, Kind of, sort of, it's certainly better than uh, Sherry's, for instance, if you have those. Absolutely better than a Denny's. So it's a step up from a Denny's and a step up from a Sherry's. But it's not in the same league as, say, a McMinimins. Um, Yeah, they got that whole bear theme thing going on. Um, I wanted to share with you the disappointments of the meal. And as I am every Thanksgiving, I am very thankful, period, to have a meal. Um, but by and large, I mean, we don't, we don't do the big self-home cooking thing, at least in my life right now, for various reasons and um <clears throat> could be you're alone could be you're separated could be in some cases a lot of people frankly either they don't have the time or the energy to deal with all the traditional cooking and the turkey and all that so 
you know, folks just go out and they, you know, hopefully get a place that uh, a tier and something that they can afford. So, yeah, I mean, say if you're going to a Denny's for a Thanksgiving dinner, which they do have, <laughs> and so does Sherry's. Um, yeah, well, you know, as they say, you get what you pay for. So um, we're not talking top tier ingredients and basically the turkeys like lunch meat. And that's why we went to the black bear because black bear is supposed to be a step above and beyond that. Now, that's not the only time I've eaten at the black bear. Um, and I also want to tell you that uh, generally speaking, I don't eat out very much. Um, for one thing, I, I can't afford it. So, uh, but when I, when I do, uh, decide to do that, I like to go for quality whenever possible. So, you know, quality for me is a really good value, uh, in the quality of the food versus the price. And I'm very... I'm very keen on that point. I notice everything. I mean, for instance, just as a little tidbit of information, uh, better restaurants you'll notice when you go out, just look at the salt and pepper shakers, particularly the pepper. Now, if they're using on those rare cases with that, you find a restaurant that has a very fine grind pepper. Not coarse. Fine grind. Really fine. That's good. That shows that the owner cares enough that they put a few extra nickels in to get a much better quality pepper. Most places, vast majority of places, they just have a coarse black pepper. And if that's no big deal to you, okay, it is to me because, amongst other things, um, a finer gr ground pepper is much tastier, easier to spread on your food, and once again, it reflects on the uh, mindset of the owner. And that's what we're talking about here. So I've eaten at the Black Bear several times over the years and in general um i thought the quality of the food is good not great but good um but it is overpriced and um you know that's that's basically it i mean um they're they're trying my feeling is is that they're they're kind of their own niche but they're they're trying to say compete in the area of say a red robin but they're not quite there um as far as consistent consistency and quality is concerned <clears throat> but this is not this is not a restaurant review per se, although I'm going to mention that, but that's not the bigger point that I'm going to get to in just a bit. Um, you go in, and the first thing I notice when I sit down, they were uh, very crowded. This was 
I'm thinking around two in the afternoon. And they've had plenty of notice. I mean, come on. It's Thanksgiving. Who the hell doesn't know it's Thanksgiving? So you have extra staff. And or you make damn sure you have extra staff. Because they were, in fact, crowded. And uh, when I say crowded, I don't know. There were probably 60 people in the place. So I consider that pretty crowded. And some were groups of, you know, of um, families. In my case, it was just two of us. When I sat down, and the first thing I do is I look at my watch to see how long it takes a wait person to offer, you know, drinks, water, whatever. And that that happened pretty quickly, like within five minutes, which is pretty standard. And um, then they literally, practically, like, ran away. Okay, so, but I mean, a very, very hurried slap your water down Here's your fucking napkins with kind of wrapped up in a, you know, the fork and I wrapped up, but kind of slammed at you. Here you go. And um, I just want to preface something that um, this I'm not I'm not blaming the serving person because this is the prevailing thing that goes on it doesn't matter who your your server is you're you're treated like this i call it the slam bang thing and um that's what happened here now you see especially because it's thanksgiving it's supposed to be the uh in my opinion the atmosphere is supposed to be even more relaxed because i mean look at it yourself look if you were going to you know friends family's house for thanksgiving dinner now you're supposed to you know be having some conversation hey how's it going you know you come in they offer you a drink or a beer People are laughing. People are talking. Um, the food smells great. It's wifting through the whole house. And uh, you're, you're generally, you know, uh, enjoying yourself even before the dinner's served. And you're growing hungry. And you're anticipating, you know, which hopefully will be a great meal. Um, but if the people doing the cooking... If it's, uh, say, a couple people, you know, man and wife, uh, you know, and they're, they're working, they're in and out, and they're doing their, you know, they're busy. But they shouldn't be busy to the point where, I mean, they look really, really overworked, angry, stressed out. That kills the whole deal, as far as I'm concerned. I'm not saying you should have people that are basically so mellowed out that you think they just smoked like fucking 17 joints or something each. We're not talking that. But on the other hand, not in this, you know, chop, chop, 
crazy, crazy kind of get her done kind of thing. That ruins the whole thing. And that's a part of the thing. That's a part of the whole the whole experience. So um, I noticed that when we sat down and I timed it, you know, it was to me what was a very long uh, time to sit there and wait, you know, and you're sitting and you're sitting around for like 20 minutes just to order. And it's not complex because it's, you just say, give me the turkey dinner. <laughs> it's pretty standard what they give you. I made a, a minor change uh, to it. Um, nothing that complex. I just switched out something for something else. But here's the thing. Before we even got the order going, we noticed like two people, two weight women, and the one that sat us down was literally, practically literally like running past us as we sat there for over 20 minutes when just in a different situation, they could have, you know, just come back in another five minutes, take the order, the order gets in the pipeline instead of just doing nothing for 20 minutes. And it wasn't that they were, were doing nothing. They were flying. And that was the, the problem. Um, I happen to know a fair bit about the restaurant business. I was in the restaurant business for several years. And I know when you're short-staffed, and I know also I can tell when it's quite deliberate because you're trying to increase your profit margins. And that is exactly what we were dealing with here. When we're talking about the profit margins, I'm not talking about the owner's uh, statement concerning that. I'm talking about the margins of profit. And uh, what has happened, particularly in recent years, and maybe maybe you guys have noticed this. I don't know. But um, the idea is you see so many signs everywhere and for help or for work, and they claim, say, well, we just can't find anybody. Well, and so, uh, we, put, we put, you know, $13 an hour. Woo! And the thing is, you know, people can't live on that shit today. And they don't want to be working. They're sick of working two and three jobs. Because the whole system is now gone into this. No, there's no real worker protections anymore. Not really. That was done away with shit 15, 20 years ago. What little bit there there was. And uh, so, yeah, um, it works. It's adopted the same principles as, say, the working stiffs that, you know, work at fast food, say McDonald's, Wendy's, you know, whatever. And consider this. Um, 
if when you're in line and you're up near the counter, if you're going, you know, a fast food place, look very carefully, observe for a few minutes the line cooks, the people, the people working. And I'm saying, of course, if they're, you know, busy or it's a lunchtime, let's say. And look how stressed out and working hard, but just totally flying and totally stressed and miserable the people are. No one there looks fucking happy, not even remotely happy. They may have some, say, the front management people that they are designed to to occasionally smile or be carefree if they're if they're really good in that training they're just a a little more relaxed than the rest of the crew but if you look around at the crew and you watch the crew um they're pretty miserable people um because they're basically doing the work of two people for the same shit wages and sometimes the work of three. So just keep that in mind. Bear, bear that in mind. Now back to the, the, uh, my experience. Well, with that waitress, I am not kidding. This is not an exaggeration. At one point, because she kept flying back and forth right past her table, and I mean she was booking she was moving but she must have made i don't know 50 trips or whatever it was between these people that were sitting behind us and into the kitchen but we were like a flyover we we were like ignored i literally had to like stop her <laughs> just because you know they have this amazing ability you know like um the anytime you ever needed help in hardware from someone at say Lowe's or Home Depot. And have you ever noticed with the perfect precision that they are just out of your reach. If you call them or something, they'll turn the corner <laughs> every time. And it was that way with her. She's sort of like she had blinders on and I, I basically almost fucking had to gang tackle her and say, Hey, very politely, I say, you know, we've been sitting here a long time. Don't you think we could just get the order in? And then she was, uh, and then she flies off with us. Well, I'm sorry, sorry. I just, oh, there's just so many people, and, and you know, you could tell. I'm not blaming her for this, you know, but she's very frazzled. Frazzled. He's like, oh, there's just so many people, and it's just me. I says, just you. Well, it's the other girl, but. She's in a whole different section. So, yeah, this whole I've got, you know, I don't know, 30, 40 people. I've got this. It's just me. <laughs> Great. So, she took the order. And once again, I'm not blaming her. Um, but uh, a simple change on my order uh, was wrong. And then they forgot to um, put some major part of the, I think it was the stuffing. And 
um, no stuffing on my plate. And then it's just like an afterthought. And then she looks at it. Oh, there's no stuffing. I'm like, thank you for that astute observation. <laughs> but all of this, my point is, all of this comes from a, you know, just absolutely ring them out with as much production as you can. And eventually when they burn out, then fuck them. They're expendable. This could have been avoided and it could have been a pleasant experience with more staff. So it's a domino effect of things that are really fucked up because the owners don't want to pay shit for wages. Now, <clears throat> for instance, I, I know you've probably seen, seen these, right? Um, I think they even have TV ads for the bear, the black bear, I believe, but they have them, you know, for the bigger corporate like places like, you know, Applebee's or, you know, what have you. And, uh, you know, here we go with the happy family that just sits down. Oh, and here's a, a very nice looking, appealing, happy, um, very, very pleasant, but happy, smiling, uh, you know, uh, very, you know, uh, functional looking weight person who really takes an interest in your order. Well, yeah, because that's the, the marketing bullshit again. Just like you also know the reality that uh, you could probably count on the times all the times on on one hand, at best, if you ever got the burger that's shown in those huge pictures to look and it looks like that when you get it home or you unwrap it, it doesn't because <laughs> it's bullshit. Now, you see, as far as the owners are concerned, if you bring any of these bad points up to them as an industry, when they talk this way in the industry, and they have certain catchphrases and certain buzzwords surrounding this, and the, the very, you know, the, their very uh, number one thing to go to is, well, cost and how they, they just can't, they just can't find anybody to work. And our profit margins on top of that are so low. Well, there's two fallacies. Um, one, it's bullshit. And two, it's bullshit. First of all, <clears throat> they the way they describe things to you as far as profit ratios is you would think that you spend 15, 20 bucks for a meal and cue the music in the background, uh, piano, violin, because it's always what works, uh, you will hear them talking about, and most customers do not know that from every $12 to $15 meal, our only net profit ever is $0.05. Cents. 
That's right. We only earn five cents from each meal. And that, again, is complete just buggy-whipping bullshit. And in case you don't know what buggy-whipping bullshit is, that's where the person telling it should be buggy-whipped. Their profit ratios are quite good. That's why they're in business. That's why they make hundreds of thousands of dollars per unit or store per year. You don't get that by making or earning one nickel or 50 cents or one dollar. No, 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 no. So they're going to run past you all the costs. Well, you've got utilities and, of course, the rental. And, and of course, well, then there's labor. Oh, my God, you got to pay that. And there's this. Okay, all these things are the cost of doing business. And like anybody with half a brain should know, if your cost of business is too high, well, you either raise the price or maybe you should be in a, in a different business, especially since I found out if there's so, if there's so think about this, I mean, you'd really have to be either a simple minded or, you know, or, uh, I don't know, masochistic individual or both. If you had a store and then you started another one and then added another one. And then added another one. That would only multiply your problems that much worse. Yet, it's not uncommon for these people to own four, five, six, or more of the say of the franchises. Matter of fact, given the area, they may own one family. One guy owns them all. So think about this intelligently. It seems your actions and what you're doing, you're either one goddamn glutton for punishment. Yeah, yeah, I, I know. I only make five cents off of each, you know, each meal. I mean, I can barely keep the lights on. Well, I know I'm, yeah, I, I have a several half million dollar homes, but you know, I'm still only making 10, roughly maybe 10 cents, maybe off of every meal. Oh my goodness. Oh my God. You might say, you mean we paid $22 and, and you only made, that's right. Yep. 10 cents. That's all. I, we just have such an incredibly thin margin of profit. It, it's, you know, it's really tough. That's bullshit. It's not that tough. It isn't. Don't believe him for a second, period. Just go with that. I did this for several years. That's the standard line you tell everyone. <clears throat> you tell everybody, you know, that's that was just like in the old movie, The Godfather. You know, Michael Corleone sitting there. And having the audacity, you know, sitting on a multi, multi million dollar, you know, mob, you know, mob uh, organization saying, I'm in the olive oil business. Yes, I'm just a lowly, uh, 
entrepreneur there selling olive oil. And as far as the whole employee debacles concerned, and they can't get them, well, that's just a little teeny tiny slither of truth to that. Now, you can't get them at what is virtually fucking slave, slave wages so that these people who have burned out by now um, doing this shit for years and years, never getting ahead themselves, nothing. Now, granted, I'm not saying you don't necessarily have to work in a restaurant if you're trying to, you know, uh, really get ahead. But on the other hand, I am saying that because if we were, you know, treated fairly and given a decent wage and they would cut back on their profit margins, then yeah, no pun intended, but everybody might even be able to have a piece of the pie. So, yeah, when they start, when they want to start you know, kicking around, if you want, uh, what would what would be needed to change this? Well, um, that's why it's all going down the drain because the owners they don't want to budge. They never want to budge. They would rather lose everything, but then again, they don't lose because they just sell it or what. But they don't lose. They never lose. The only ones that lose are. Possibly the mom and pops, uh, those very small, or the ones trying to make a go of it. And they are destroyed by all the corporate uh, monstrosities that uh, they just simply, you know, they, they can't. The people who are like friends and family, usually family, um, can't compete. They just run them out. And if you, uh, historically, I could just tell you this. Um, I never saw the movie of all things. You would have thought I would have, but I never saw that movie that was about uh, the life of the founder of, of Mickey D's, Ray Kroc, that was played, I believe, by Michael Keaton. Um, I don't, I don't know if they really drove home the point of the reality about that son of a bitch. And that's what he was. Um, I know the life of Ray Kroc very well. And here's just a little, as a little side note to fill in again, I don't know if this was shown in the movie or not, but the originators of the original restaurant of McDonald's before it was bought out and, and basically destroyed by Ray Kroc. Before this happened, um, totally, it was after he had acquired all the rights at this to put a, to put a capstone on his greed fuckery that he did just to show you what a detestable person he was. Um, he opened up a McDonald's now that he could use the name and whatnot. And he opened up a, one of his first, uh, stores was directly across from the original McDonald's and underpriced them for as long as it took simply to humiliate them 
and ran them out of business. That is historically accurate and true. Anyway, though, um, to put my own cap on this thing, um, part of the whole thing of the eating is not just the eating. It's the atmosphere. And when you have really hurried employees and they're really stressed and they really look frazzled and they're not calm, you know, they're, they're frazzled. I think, I think you're probably qualified that you can see when someone is, you know, feverishly being um, stressed and worked to death. And if you see that in a place, I don't care about their reputation of the food. If you give a damn about the people who have to work like that or under that bullshit, that should speak volumes of the character of the owner or the owners. I have been fortunate enough in my life. I'm not talking five star. I don't, I don't think, I think you could count the number of times I went to a five star dinner, maybe, I don't know, three times in my life, because frankly, that doesn't appeal to me. I'd rather give if I was, I'd rather eat in a three star and hand 20 bucks to a homeless person and make sure they get something to eat than for, you know, my ass to sit down in, in a five-star restaurant. That's that's the way I am. I make no apologies for it. But, um, you know, a good, I have eaten at some very, very good, you know, what you might say, some people might call three or four-star actual sit-down restaurants. And this is a place where the mentality is entirely different and the owner, and we're not talking a glitzy, fancy place. You might be with your wife, girlfriend, you know, whomever, when it's appropriate, you know, but, um, you know, actually come over and be very cordial and say, you know, um, one, one gentleman, you know, he, he was, uh, this was an Italian place, not five star, but very good food. And the owner himself came up. He's very well dressed. He looks good. He smells good. And he, and he went to, uh, my wife at the time and came over and, you know, gently put his hand on his and says, how you doing? She's like, you had a very beautiful lady here. How's your meal? You know? Something like that. And the people uh, besides himself that came and actually served the food, none of them, it wasn't like a goddamn fast food mentality. They were just pleasant. So you could tell he paid them well. And you pay them well, you don't have the turnover because they appreciate that you appreciate them. It's a, a very simple symbiotic relationship that goes way back. And that's why uh, in all of my experience to those remaining places that I knew and, and know of, the employees are fiercely loyal to the owners. And, um, but it's not a fake, it's not a, you know, and, I, and not in a corporate ass-kissing way, 
but genuinely, they really like their employers. They're almost like family. The point being with your meal is that when you sit down and you're in this kind of vibe, if you want to call it that, if the food is very good, it automatically lifts it to the to the state of, of excellent. Simply because you have pleasant music in the background and pleasant people that come around and calmly take your order and make sure they understood everything. In other words, when it's done right the first time. And so, uh, between the fact that there were, with my meal, um, with uh, Black Bear, um, I will not be going back there. Certainly not to, to that particular one. Um, I was telling you this for you to consider. Um, because for all I know, Maybe you'd never thought of this, but that's what we do here. We talk about things that maybe a lot of people don't normally think about. That's what I think about. I believe you sit down, you have a meal, and it isn't just about that. You know, a little bit of atmosphere or peace or quietness, it matters. It's all part of the picture. Well, what did you think about that? I'd really like to hear what you have to say. So go on over to my website, theearnestmanshow.com and put down your two cents worth. And while you're there, please feel free to listen to any and all the episodes you like plus check out the other interesting things on my website until next time this is Ernest saying take care I'm out of here <laughs>